Thank you very much indeed, Christine. Father, honour your word today. Let it open our eyes and hearts to hear your message to us. Help us to fully understand and accept what you are saying to each of us, wherever we may be in our journey with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, Christine just read to us that amazing story of Naaman and the events surrounding his miraculous healing from a deadly disease. Now, quite often, when we hear or we read this story, we tend to focus on the powerful commander, Naaman, or Elijah, described as a great man of God, the prophet Elijah. But this morning, I want to focus our attention on the little servant girl who was briefly mentioned in the story in verses 2 and 3. Now, not much has been given about her in the Bible, but I believe that without her, maybe this extraordinary event may not have happened, or it may not have happened that way that day. So the seed I want to plant in your minds this morning is... Never underestimate the power of a simple witness. Now let's examine the story a little closer. On the one hand, we see a very powerful, influential, and wealthy man, Naaman. Now Naaman was the military commander of the armies of Syria in the hierarchy of that nation, which was a great one because they were continually invading the surrounding areas and capturing, and and the, the empire was growing bigger and bigger. And in the hierarchy of that great nation, we had the number one man, the king, and then there was Naaman. He was the number two guy. You know, and I could just imagine, time after time, Naaman walking through the streets of Syria with his victorious army and all the crowds cheering and applauding this honorable, well-respected, great man, Naaman, who had gone out and been conquering all the surrounding areas. And Syria had been growing bigger and bigger kingdom and a great military power. He was revered by people. He was probably the talk of the of the town and when people sat down and over dinner, you know, they talked about Naaman, this great commander. On the other hand, we see a very simple little servant girl. Now the Bible doesn't tell us much about her except that she was captured by the Syrian army and brought from Israel into Syria. And she became a servant in Naaman's household. The Bible says clearly she waited on Naaman's wife. Now, while serving her mistress, she realized that something was wrong. You see, beneath the grandeur of this powerful image of Naaman, 
she realized something was missing. The picture was not quite complete. So one day she went to Mrs. Neiman and she said, if only my master could get in touch with the prophet of Israel, because if he could, he would be healed of this life-threatening disease. See, and when we look at the events or the details of the story, and we look at this little girl, what the Bible is showing here, first of all, she was a slave. Now, a slave in those days was the lowest position in social standing. You couldn't get any lower than a slave. That was the bottom. Secondly, she was an outsider. She was a refugee, a Jew living in a foreign land. She just didn't belong. She was not from Syria. She was from Israel. Does that sound familiar to you? You go somewhere, you are somewhere, and you just feel you don't belong? You don't feel important? You don't feel like you fit in? She didn't. And the scriptures also tell us she was very young. Now, no details are really given, but, you know, you get the picture, she was probably 13, 14, 15. Very young girl. She had no power. She had no position. She had no possession. She had nothing. The only thing she had going for her was her tremendous faith in her God, the God of Israel. And you know, as, as I read this story, I thought sometimes there were a lot of people who would fit that bill today. You go about your life, you know, hardly anybody knows who you are. You come to church, you know, when you look at your background, where you've come from, your social standing, you might feel you're a nobody. You might feel, you know, I'm not that important. I'm not noticed. Nobody really is bothered about me or know I exist. But you know, when we come into the presence of God, when we come before God, he makes us somebody. We are somebody in God's sight. Hallelujah. God can take us from obscurity. And when he's finished with us, the world knows who we are. It's not about you or me. It's all about God. And you wonder, you know, this little girl, a slave, so unimportant, insignificant, just serving all day long. Why would a powerful man like Naaman listen to anything she had to say? makes you wonder. And you wonder also, did she take a risk that day when she went to Mrs. Neiman? You know, did, could she have been, did, did she put her reputation on the line? Did she put her life on the line? 
you know, you don't know in that sort of setting whether he would have said, how dare you? You know, how dare you tell me about the God? Who are you to tell me about, you know, God? Who are you to address my illness? Why would a powerful man like Naaman entertain anything this little nobody girl had to tell him? But you know, she was convinced. She was convinced that God could heal Naaman. And we're not talking about an... uh, What we're talking about here was an incurable disease in those days that eventually resulted in death. But this little servant girl was so confident. She was so confident. She knew what God could do if only Naaman could meet with God. So she went to her her mistress and told her, get your husband, get my master to go and see see the prophet because God can do something for him. You know, as children of God, we can make a difference. But I wonder sometimes how passionate are we? Do we mourn for those who are lost? You know, are we like a dog with a bone? Have to get that bone. Have you ever seen a dog trying to get a bow, a stick into, you know, a round hole? And it's, it's, you know, horizontally. And he's trying to get the stick in. Can't get it in. No matter how much he's pushing it and pulling. And he's determined to get that stick in. And you know it won't go because it's covering the hole. I actually did watch a dog actually try try to do that and wouldn't let go of that stick. And are we like that? You know, when we see a situation, do do we say, oh, if only that person knew Jesus, if only those people knew Jesus, that wouldn't have happened. You know, we see all sorts of things on the news. We hear about injustices. We hear about unkind things being done, cruel things being done. I mean, what do we think? Do we, like this little girl, think, oh, if only they knew Jesus? See, and she didn't have to go far. God sometimes doesn't want us to travel the world and do big missionary things. Sometimes it's just the little things. She didn't go far. It was within her own household. What she did every day, she didn't even have to go outdoors. Everything was placed. God brought the situation right in front of her. And sometimes God does that with us. Very often God puts us in touch with people who have needs right where we are. And sometimes God just wants us to plant a seed. You know, you may not see a great miraculous change overnight. God may just want you to plant a seed. You know, and when God wants something to grow, he needs help. He needs us. Well, he doesn't need help, but you know, he includes us in ministry. We are to plant. We are to water. Paul tells us that. Some plant, some water. God makes it grow. But you know, if there are any keen gardeners here, nothing is going to grow unless you plant it, unless you water it. 
and worse yet, if you don't weed around it. And sometimes that's all God wants us to do. Sow a seed, water it, get the weeds down, work around it, because he will make it grow. Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 4.2, we should be ready in season and out of season. You know, as Christians, we should never miss an opportunity. We should endeavor to be so in tuned with the Holy Spirit that not an opportunity goes by. You know, we, I live in a village with a 90-year-old lady who's really nuts about Jesus. She, she would tell everybody and anybody. And she was relating a story to me last week. She went to see her bank manager. And there's this tiny little old lady, you know, about this high, well, about this high. Very frail, very small. And she went to see this bank manager. You know, she's all nervous. And, and she goes into this big office, and he's sitting on his seat, you know, with his nice three-piece suit sitting in this big chair, you know, and she's telling, and he's trying to sort out her financial arrangements for her. And then she says to him, oh, I'm not really worried about the money. That's quite all right, because I know where I'm going when I die. Do you know where you're going when you die? And that really took him by surprise, and he said, hmm, hmm. You know, she was not afraid of this, of the situation she was in. There was, you know, a formidable situation to her. And yet, she sees that opportunity. She wasn't, you know, she, she, she wasn't being a pest, I should say. She wasn't being really forceful. But she just said, do you know where you're going when you die? That's made him think. And she continued to say, well... Money is no problem to me. It doesn't matter. I just want to get my affairs sorted. But I know where I'm going when I die. And I'm happy and I'm not, you know. And, and I thought, what a witness, 90-year-old. Do I do that or am I afraid? Or am I, oh, it's not appropriate. Oh, you know. It just came out because she's so in love with Jesus. You know, we come in... To church on Sunday morning and we sing and we laugh and we share and we talk and we have fellowship. But that's not really it. The it is when we walk out of the door because we walk out to make a difference. We come here to be fed, to be encouraged, to be lifted up. But when we walk out that door, we are walking out to make a difference. You know, Christine read the story for us. We heard it all. We know what happened. Mrs. Neiman went, told her husband what the little girl had said. And Naaman went. But of course, you know, he, was, he didn't go to Elijah because Elijah was a lowly man. Instead, he went to the king of Israel. And we heard the story, what happened with the king. But anyway, you can read that when you get home again. But we know the results. He dipped in the river, and what happened? His skin became smooth as a child. And the, the message I just want to, to leave with you today, you know, if we are going to make a difference, if we're going to make a difference like this little girl, 
First of all, we have to be confident in what God can do. You must know what God can do. And this only comes from a deep relationship with God. You know, if we don't have that deep relationship with God and we know what God can do, we can't tell anybody what God can do. We can't tell anybody what, well, we can, you know, relate to what happened with other people. But most of all, we must have that personal relationship. Can't be wishy-washy. See, the girl didn't say to Mrs. Naaman, if my master would see the prophet, I think, I think that God will help him. No, she said, if only my master would see, he would be healed. She was confident. She knew what God could do. And when we speak to people about Jesus, we have to know what God can do. We have to know that God can save, God can heal, God can deliver, God can make a difference, God can change lives. Confidence is very important. And you know, when you have confidence and you you have the joy of the Lord, it rubs off on people. They want to know, they're curious. No matter, you know, how much they may ignore you or criticize you or ridicule you. But when the going gets tough, they know who to come to because they have seen the confidence in you. And secondly, we must be credible. We must be credible. You see, if this, if, I think if this little girl wasn't serving her master well, they would not have taken any notice of her. She got up late. She didn't have the meals ready on time. If she wasn't hardworking, if she wasn't industrious, if she wasn't honest, you know, if they were missing things in the home and it was suspicious, she was credible. They didn't, they believed what she said because she was credible. And as children of God, you know, we ought to be, we ought to be credible. We ought to live lives that make people sit up and take notice. People will not believe us if we're not credible. Paul tells us in Philippians, we are to be imitators of Christ. There's a fruit of the Spirit. Is it manifested in our lives? You know, love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, in traffic jams, you know? What are we like? This little girl was obedient and industrious, and she served her master well. You see... Mr. and Mrs. Naaman didn't know anything about the prophet of Israel. They didn't know anything about the God of of Israel. They worshipped Rimon. They worshipped their own pagan God. They didn't know anything about, about God. But they saw a young girl who was doing such a great job at being a slave that they they stood up and took notice. The world is looking for credibility. Sometimes I wonder if being a Christian was a crime, how many of us, would there be sufficient evidence to to convict how many of us? The world is looking for credibility. We look at the news. People have no confidence in anything anymore, not in the political system, not in our leaders, And what happens when people cannot trust? 
everything collapses and the world is in a secular moment. People are more concerned about property, wealth, comfort. But we have to be like the Noahs and the Gideons and the Daniels and the Moses in this world. You know, they laughed and jeered and mocked Noah when he was building the ark. But God told him to do it, so he did that. Moses was afraid. Moses said, but I'm not an eloquent eloquent speaker. I wouldn't know what to say. Does that resonate with any of us? I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't know what to say. I wouldn't know. But you know, God calls those things that are not as though they are. Remember the story of Gideon? He was the biggest coward ever. He used to hide in the mountaintops, hide from the Midianites in case they attacked and would come and take away his corn. And yet when the angel came to him, she said, O mighty man of valor, the Lord is with you. And he said, Who, me? I'm the biggest coward there is. God calls those things that are not as though, as though they are. So this morning, if you're frightened, if you're, unaf- you're afraid, you don't think you have the right skills or the qualities or whatever, don't worry, because the angels are saying, if you think you're, you're afraid, God is calling you a mighty warrior. And if we follow the story through, the Bible tells us that, not, that that day, Naaman was healed. But not only was he healed, but he conve- confessed. He was no longer going to worship Rimon, the God of Syria, anymore. He was going to sacrifice unto the God of Israel. And just because of one little girl who said, if only you could meet with Jesus, you could be healed. Naaman's life was changed that day. Mrs. Naaman's life was changed that day. The king of Syria, the story tells us, his life was changed that day. And I believe the whole of Syria that day knew about the God of Israel a whole nation. Wow. Wouldn't you love to be in that position? The whole of Ipswich was changed because of me. One thing that I was confident and brave enough to do, to witness, to be a witness for Jesus. And isn't it just like God to use the smallest, tiniest, most insignificant things Now, the Bible doesn't tell us also what happened when Naaman returned home. But you can use the imagination. Do you think that girl remained a slave all her life? You know, I am sure that that day things changed in her life. She was probably no longer a slave. Probably she was was even adopted in the family. So, you know, when we speak out for Christ, not only do the people we tell 
experience changes in their lives. But we too, our lives are changed. Just like I believe this little girl's life changed. Now you and I can make a huge difference. You know, God will place us in the right environment, situation, if only would we, we would declare to the world who he is. And all you need, you don't need position, power, possession. All you need is to have faith in God and a relationship. And you know, when you experience a love of God in your life, when you experience God's touch, when you know what God has saved you from, when you look back and see where you were and where you are now, you can't help but shout about it and tell. God wants to use us right where we are, with our families, our friends. God is able. He's an awesome God. He's the Alpha, Omega, the beginning and the end, King of kings and Lord of lords. He's our creator. And I really believe there are people out there hurting, wanting. Don't, don't let, you know, what all the camouflage that people use, wealth and power and, and social standing, to deter you. Because quite often, people who are hurting hide behind these things. Just like Naaman hid behind, you know, when he went off with his army, he was dressed in his powerful uniform on his horse, riding through. Do you think anybody knew? It never showed what his real problem was. And sometimes this is what, you know, we don't see. But God will lead us if we have a servant's heart like this little girl. And you know, she... She could have been bitter. She could have been resentful. She could have said, serves him right. He took me away from my home and my family and my country. And that's, that's you know, serves him right. She could have gone through her life being bitter about what they had done to her. They had captured her, taken, away, taken her away from her mother and father and, and family and made of a slave in a strange land, yet she didn't hold that against them. She seized the opportunity, opportunity to tell them about Jesus, to make their lives better, because she knew what God could do. And you know, sometimes we hate where God has placed us. We don't like our jobs, we don't like our school, we don't like our neighborhoods. And you know, where God has placed us, we may be the only lifeline there. So as we think of of the fact that God can use us wherever we are, never underestimate the power of a simple witness just a statement, just a smile, just a, you know, you never know what, what it may be, how God will use it, as long as we are obedient. So perhaps over the next few days, here's a little exercise to do. You know, stand outside your home and look around. 
at your neighborhood. And just ask God, is there a Naaman in this street that you want me to reach? When you go to work, you know, look around your office place. Is there a Naaman here waiting for me to say, if only you could meet with God? What difference that will be. So this week, as you walk through the streets, as you go about your business, I just want you to keep asking yourself, where is my Naaman? Where is the person that I just need to share about who God is? Everybody ought to know. We sang that earlier, ought to know who Jesus is. He's the lily of the valley. He's a bright and morning star. The fairest of 10,000. He's the answer to all of life's problems. All that is wrong in our world today is the answer. Never underestimate the power of a simple witness for God. God can take the words of a very simple child and carry it to the ears of of a king. So what? What can't he not do with us? if we're willing, and if we put ourselves in the place for God to use us.